Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Welcome to another episode of Inside the Firm. I'm here with Lance Psycho, and I am Alex Gore. No nicknames today, wow. just getting to it. We have a great show for you today. Lots to talk about the housing industry and all that. But before we get into that, if you are in the housing industry, <coughs> architect, engineer, mechanical, electrical, plumbing, civil, and you need to increase your profit because what your work is worth it, go to buildabetterco.com buildabetterco.com. Watch the presentation where we take you through five steps to increase your profit so that you can serve your clients, your constituents, your, uh, um, what do I want to say? Uh, clients, constituents, no, the other people, yourself, in your firm, other people, in employ- your firm, employees, your family, employees. Isn't there a C word for employees? People are going to be screaming it. They are right now. They're going to be screaming it. Colleagues, Lance. Hey. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Colleagues. Al, Al, colleagues score. Jeez. <laughs> it is Friday. It is Friday. Go check out buildabetterco.com. And what else should they check out? They check, check out arcat.com. Why? Because accurate data is crucial, especially in today's business environment. Outdated and inaccurate data leads to turnarounds, delays, and rising costs with, surprise, with supply chain and staffing issues. Like your colleagues, these costs and delays can multiply. That's why a resource like RCAT.com is so important. RCAT works with manufacturers to keep their data up to date and accurate and offers it to you and easily accessible and free. Use RCAT's powerful search engine to find what you need and download right there on their site without needing to pay anything or even register. So try RCAT.com today. That's A-R-C-A-T.com. Check them out. Last, certainly not least, PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm. Experience a brand of Experience a collection of brands that brings together your creative vision to life. The luxury division of Pella is a world-class collection of brands, including Duratherm, Riley, and Benelli, all pioneers of industry who provide window and door solutions to discerning architects, the building industry, and beyond. During this new year, we know how important it is to step back and spend time in gratitude. We appreciate all our clients trusting us with their projects in a record-breaking year. We are excited and ready to take on the new year in 2023. The luxury division of Pella doesn't push beyond the limits. They set them. Explore Pelluxury.com forward slash the firm today. Back to you, Kyle Gore. All right. I got a couple different articles I want to talk about. Uh, <clears throat> the first one is from Yahoo Finance. It's called Housing Conditions Worsen for Home Buyers <coughs> in May. Hmm. So the number of homes on the market could not keep up mm. with the demand last month, and buyers were forced to face off with one another. Uh, here's a quote, despite sluggish pending contract signings, the housing market is resilient with approximately three offers for each listing. NAR chief economist Lawrence Yoon wrote in the press release, the lack of housing inventory continues to prevent housing demand from fully being realized. So Lance, why is there a lack of housing, uh, inventory? It's tough to build. It's really hard to build. That's my opinion. Uh, all the bureaucracy, the time to do it. If you were to build a house in Colorado, 
if you were to try to do it in uh, Boulder County, it would take you two years. Try it in Boulder, two years. Longmont, uh, you're going to do a development, two years. So that's a lot to uh, to tackle. Well, the other thing, too, even a lot of housing is built in new neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. So even in uh, Weld County, when you have to go through the whole site plan review for a neighborhood, you're looking at o- over a year right there. So like the majority of houses are that that way. So you can't really just flip on building a bunch of housing. Yep. <clears throat> I would say that that is true. Um, there are neighborhoods in my area that like have the land ready um, and they're starting to gear up. The reason why there's a lack of inventory is because no one wants to sell their 3% mortgage interest. So That's half, true. half the market is, is taking a break. Um, which leads to did they say yeah that's what I was gonna ask you next is like did, what about higher prices so or price did prices increase again well, like well, of existing stock elevated mortgage rates I, I I don't know where the quote is but we'll see the quote in one of these okay. two articles elevated mortgage rates has convinced many homeowners to stay put rather than sell mm. resulting in bidding wars mm. as buyers compete for a small pool of housing mm. this propped up home prices which appear to be in recovery mode. Let's go. According to housing data released this week. I'm going to make this point now. I Let's think I was going to make it later. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you, you, because you're selling your house. Um, someone made the point that, hey, if they lower interest rates, aren't housing prices going to soar even again? Because there's a cap on how much you can pay for a house because the interest is so high. Like I've been looking yeah, at it. There's only so, so much high. you can afford. Right. It's wild. So this should teach everyone a lesson. Yellen, Lance, <laughs> I heard that that's your best friend. It's my second best friend. You're my best friend. <laughs> oh, thank you. Nick, you're third on this list. Yeah, well, third. hey, six foot or get the F out. Conzuri.com. <laughs> Check it out. So this should convince everyone that these controls aren't what's, uh, making the market, the housing prices go up or down. It's competition pushing things out there because a lot of people thought with basically them skyrocketing to the interest rates that the housing prices would go down. It has not gone down because it's a supply and demand issue. It's a supply and a demand issue. Mm -hmm. It's a supply and demand issue. I don't know if I can repeat that enough. Yeah, maybe that's what this should be called. That's what I'm going to name this uh, episode. It's going to be called It's a Supply and Demand Issue. It's a Supply and Demand Issue, yep. Um, okay. Next our article home builders rally shows. It's not a big tech market, a good sign for the economy because of the tech recession. So <coughs> tech stocks have been going up. A lot of people have been saying that the only reason the stock market is going up is because tech is going up. Tech has a huge, which is true. I, I list, I just listened to morning stars last like three or four episodes. And uh, it was an investing podcast, and that's exactly what they're saying. They're like, this is an anomaly because it's like four stocks carrying it in their tech. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, um, a week or two ago, I heard it was uh, like six. Yeah, like something same, like that. Yep, yep. Like a half a dozen. So home builder stocks have been on a tear, and rightly so, according to one al- analyst, which could be a good omen for the economy. More than anything, the rally in home building shows the 2023 U.S. equity rally is not just big tech. Other pockets of the market are working as well. Nicholas Colest, uh, co-founder of DataTrek Research, wrote in a note to clients on Tuesday. And they just stole that and put it in Yahoo News. I love it. Yeah. So um, this is the SPDR 
S&P Home Builders ETF, um, which focuses on U.S. home builders industry, rose as Holy much as 28.2% wow. for the year, outperforming the S&P index's 12.7% gain. Gain. Yeah. Um, according to the same firm's research, I I would say though. Wow. As much as me and you and everyone likes to play the stock market mm -hmm. over and over and over again, like the if you just put it in an S and P index fund or Dow Jones index fund, you're gonna do way better than than picking and choosing. Obviously, this isn't financial advice, but yep. that's probably the best financial advice you'll you'll hear. Be prepared to lose your money if you invest it. How about that? Yep. Um, can a U.S. recession really be just around the corner if home building stocks uh, just make a new high today? One, okay, financial people, cool your jets. Stocks, <laughs> I, I still contend like stocks is like a poor measure for the health of the economy. I still contend. It's too disconnected. Yeah. And there's too many algorithms right now. We're just playing the market. Like it's literally, it's literally algorithms investing at this point for the most part. Yeah, and, and we saw with the inflation and stuff like that, um, and with printing money, if they print money and everyone just puts it in stock, but then everything goes up so that you can't afford as much and you need two incomes to do anything, I still contend that history will look at, back at this time as a depression because they'll look and they'll be like, oh, we were calculating it wrong. People couldn't afford as much as they mm. could be before. Um, there's drugs in the streets. There's yeah. uh, cities in decline. Uh, crime on the rise, pro like, I, I think they're just greenwashing it by printing greenbacks. Um, but anyways, if you're doing fine in this economy, that that's all, all great news. Um, so this goes on, uh, to continue one big reason for the optimism for home builders. And among them is the limited housing supply. Mm -hmm. Colas wrote, especially in the resale markets, home, homeowners, uh, have been reluctant yeah. to sell their homes and swap their low rates. Yeah for ones that are twice as high. So here's a graph, new homes sold in the US. I still can't believe like the record is back in 26. Well, when they primed that market with those subprime loans, I mean, goodness. Yeah. You, everybody was jumping on it. Yeah, and that was like the start of the, the rise of like the Grant Cardones of the world too. And just like everybody can get rich off of real estate. And by all means, I'm a, I'm a huge bull. And yes. you make money five different ways if you buy a house and blah, 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 blah. But it is crazy. It's such a crazy graph to yeah. look at. But like, explain the, it to them. But then the you, graph is. but then you look. Yeah. So, so we got pulled up here. New homes are sold in the in the U.S. and it's going from the year 2000 to 2022. There's this giant spike around uh, 2005, where we, there was like in the hundreds of almost millions. And if I give so you take oh, it, oh yeah, 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 one point one point one point four million homes sold. Uh, like. New. Yeah, new homes, and then it severely dropped. Then we hit the, this big depression, and then we had this. Actually, Look see, this that. is my. This is like. This is why. Like, yes, there were big bailouts in two thousand eight and stuff, and uh, you could argue. You can argue that like that was not the way to truly recover. And I agree. Like we should have done what Calvin, what the great Calvin Coolidge did uh, with the uh, with the forgotten uh, depression and recovery is there shouldn't have been any subsidies. It should have just been some a lot of austerity, and we recovered that way. But when you look at this chart that Al has pulled up on YouTube, that's then I go, okay, but then it seems like it was actually kind of a slow, steady recovery, even though it was... There was austerity that happened with the housing market, and then this idea that it's a bubble, though, sure, you move to 2020, there's a giant spike, um, the, but then there was a correction again, 
and and it seems like I mean it's very resilient. Like that's the thing is like well, there's only so many houses. Again, this supply thing. The the, the I, I want you to stay on your point of, of not doing anything, the government, because uh, the money didn't bail out the home builders. It bailed yeah. out the banks. And it bailed out actually what it did was it bailed out people connected to the government. That's what it did. Um, and companies connected to the government. So to give some context, like Lance said, in 2005, it was at 1.389, almost 1.4 million new homes per year. The low was uh, 2011, 270K, so a million homes less mm -hmm. a year. Then the big spike came in 2020 we at about it. 1 mil. Yep. That's the, yep. Uh, then it came back down to a low about 570, maybe 600,000. And right now we're going up to 760. Trending up again. Yeah. Trending, trending up. Uh, builders have responded by accelerating their development plans. This is actually what I've been telling developers um, is, man, you, you get, shouldn't get, have quit. You shouldn't have yeah. quit your, your plan. And that's hard to do. It's because so, as a developer... You are re it's just so much soft capital. It's hard capital, but like the soft costs associated with the hard with the with the hard capital is straight out of your pocket. You're like you're not getting a loan to pay architects and all even buy to buy land, you know, typically. Yeah. So I get the hesitation, but I'm with you, Al. Like stay stay the course, stay the course, please. Don't the, the what happens is like we have these panic fears, and yes. then the economy crashes because everybody oh. stops doing everything. Lance, I wonder why we have these pandemic fears. I know. I'm pointing to the graph Gosh, where it went from 1.4 million to to 270k. Oh, it was such a, just a dark period financially. Oof. Yeah, yeah, there we were. Um, well, it makes me more optimistic. I tell you what, I mean, business is not bad right now. Yep. Um, and if the Fed really is near the end of their current tightening cycle, then interest rates should decline in 2024 and beyond, and support demand over the longer term. Also, I mean, this. I know this is a total tangent. Like, can we end the war in? in Thank Ukraine? you. Gosh, holy say, like, cow! Holy cow, man! If we could, that's we, that, that. I was just gonna say. Okay, it depends on if we end up in World War Three. Yeah, if, it would be great if we just stopped this proxy war because it's just unreal. Like, have just you let them do their thing? Good lord! Have you seen Stop Eleven it. Minutes in a Minefield? I have not. So it's from the Ukraine side. It's these Ukrainians in a minefield, getting blown up by mines. Yeah. Like medics going to save, jumping to help out of the back of their, their – uh, they're not tanks. They're the ones that hold people. I should know. Carriers. And, troop carriers. Yeah, troop carriers, but armored, armored troop okay. carriers, right? Um, and then jumping into what seemed to be a crater where there was a mine. Oh, there's another mine ah, there. Ah, another I mean, one. It, it just like – Pretty girl. Can we stop this? Yeah. Can we stop good. this? Holy cow. Yeah. Okay. Last article. Oh, you got another one. Yeah, and, and this is actually came right to my email. Nice. HBI Communication, um, Home Builders, probably Industry, Construction Labor Market Report. Lance, this is so good. I want to read number one. Then I want you to read number two. Okay. Then number three, and we'll keep going. Okay. Then. Because I think this insight relates to kind of what we were talking about, right? So number one, the U.S. faces a shortage of 1.5 million homes. Wow, that is basically spot on. I mean, it... it um, yeah, it, it, it's actually maybe 600,000 a year <laughs> from the high, but maybe they're calculating like we need 1.5 million right now, which is probably true. It's true. A matter of supply and demand forces rents and housing prices higher nationwide. Even though the interest rates are just through the roof. I know. Unbelievable. I know. 
basic economics people i just i just need you to read fake i just need you to read economics in one lesson please please if you're listening to this show do that uh number two the construction industry currently needs approximately 723 thousand new construction workers each year oh my god to meet demand residential construction represents 3.2 million of the construction payroll employment of 7.9 million yeah we are short please consider joining a trade yep we will help you number three the number of open construction sector jobs currently averages between 300,000 and 400,000 each month wow over four, at least 90% of single-family builders responding to a survey reported a shortage of carpenters. Yep. And 80 to 85% reported a shortage of subcontractors in six other trades. More than 80% of remodelers reported a shortage of subcontractors in 11 of the 16 trades. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Hard to find. Hard to find them. And then the good ones, like, hang on to them, pay them fast. Yeah. Careful. Yep. It's a rough industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five, the share of Americans who choose to stay out of the labor force stands at a historic low. Mm. That's good. Well, labor force particip- participation rate for people aged between 25 and 55 is 83%. Okay. Yep. The share of construction workers aged 25 to 54 dropped by 6% over the past seven years. Ooh, that's not a good sign, right? Nope. nope. Okay, the hourly wages in construction are higher than in other industries. The average hourly earning in construction has increased 5.4% since (coughs) a year ago, now approaching the $36 mark. The average hourly earnings in manufacturing is 31.8. In transportation and utilities, it's 27.6. Overall, the private sector is Mm. 33.2. Wow. So, I mean, that probably includes everyone that works at McDonald's to a, um, a dentist, office manager. Sure. Uh, so it's higher. It's wow. higher. The share of women in construction stands at 11%. That's amazing. I thought it would be less than 10. What is, while that is a new record high, yeah, there you go. Gains have been persistently slow, rising by less than 2% for years. Okay. Okay. Uh, number nine, the share of Hispanics employed in the construction industry is 31.5% in 2000, 2021. Most recent available data, it says, because we're already in 2023. That compares to an 18.8% share of Hispanics across all industry. Non-Hispanic whites account for 59% in the construction industry. That's higher than what I would have thought. Um, and about the same across all industries at 59.6%. Blacks and Asians are underrepresented in the construction industry. Concentration of immigrants is high in many of the trades needed to build a home. For example, plasters and stucco masons, 56%. Drywall ceiling installers, 52%. Roofers, 48%. Painters, 47%. Carpet floor tile installers, 43%. And construction laborers, 38%. Wow. So according to Ed uh, Bradley, president and CEO of the Home Builder Institute, uh, the facts show that the construction industry today must focus on three urgent priorities for the country. Number one, promote training and job in the trades to those people who have not yet considered a career in construction. Number two, support immigration reform designed to produce the next generation of new Americans seeking opportunities in the United States. And number three, advocate for housing affordability by by demonstrating the direct link between the nation's housing shortage and its construction supply labor. Supply and demand. Supply and demand. I agree with all those recommendations. Yeah. Let's get some 
Let's get some people. Let's venerate. Uh, let's venerate the people who want to build stuff. All right. Uh, with that, I have we, uh, David Goggins is joining us today. Oh yay! A little read. Here we go. Right here in the studio. I had to stop giving a fuck about people. That was the biggest thing. I had to stop caring what people thought about me. I realized that everybody's fucked up. That's the one thing I realized. I walked around and I put these people on a, on a pedestal. Everybody was better than me. So I can't tell you anything about me because you're going to judge me and I'm going to feel even worse than what I am. What I realized, once I calmed my mind down and sat back and looked at how jacked up this world is, once you realize that you are not alone, everybody that's talking to you about how jacked up you are, only thing they've done better than you is they've hidden their world better than you have that's all they've done 100 percent, david goggins 100 percent. I, I love it yeah have yeah. some you gotta have some perspective like you are not if people are posting about their wonderful beautiful relationship or whatever like just like don't comparison is the, is the joy of thief is the thief of is the thief, thief of, joy. of joy yeah yeah you got to just stay centered in your world be stoic read meditations by marcus aurelius it will change your life yeah, and I mean, this is just coming from me. Then, like, you don't need to be on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, all that stuff. Um, that's it. Let's bring down the crew for ARE Jeopardy. All right. ARE Jeopardy is brought to you by Kanzuri. Life is short, but you don't have to be introducing Kanzuri, the shoe brand that not only elevates your style, but also boosts your height. Yes, you heard that right. Kanzuri offers height-boosting shoes made for men like Nick to build up the confidence they need for every situation. With Kanzuri, you no longer have to settle for your natural height, Nick. Their shoes come in a variety of insoles ranging from 1.2 inches to an impressive 2.7 inches of extra boost. Plus, their heights range from 2.4 inches to 2.8 inches, giving you the perfect opportunity to look and feel good, Nick. Imagine walking into a room with added boost, Nick, commanding attention and exuding confidence. Kanzuri's height-boosting shoes allow you to stand tall and proud, enhancing your presence in any social or professional setting. As a special offer exclusively for our listeners, Kanzuri is giving you a fantastic deal. Just use promo code LANCE48066 at checkout to enjoy a generous 15% discount on your order today. That's right. Get the height-boosting shoes you've been dreaming of at an unbeatable price, Nick. Al, back to you. All right. Question number one. A joy span in uh, when you're basically calculating the load, this is in what it's in regard to, is measured from what? Um, is it A, outside of bearing to outside of bearing, B, center of bearing to center of bearing, C, inside of bearing to inside of bearing, or D, the length of the joists. Where are you? I'm right here. Right here. Huh. You don't have it? Not updated? No. Whatever. Figure it out. Keep going. Sorry. Okay. C, A. It is C, inside of bearing to inside of bearing. So that just what it's actual spanning. Okay. Question two. According to the building constructed illustrated, on page 4.27, if you want to be exact, a rule of thumb for estimating the depth of a joist is, is it A, the span divided by 8, B, the span divided by 10, C, the span divided by 16, or D, the span divided by 20? Lance, you should know this because I don't want to give a hint. Okay. Okay, A, span divided by 8. B, span divided by 10. C, span divided by 16. D, span divided by 20. 
see AAC. Yeah. Um, do you remember my, that, that from your uh, building a plat- structural platform? Yes. Divided by sixteen. Yes. Yep. Yep. That was a hundred. That was my guess inside my head. All right, number three. According to the International Building Code, what is the maximum allowable travel distance? To reach a fire exit from any point within, edu- within an educational building, is it A, 75 feet, B, 100 feet, C, 150, D, 200 feet? <coughs> C, correct answer is A, 75 feet. Did you go with A? Did you keep with A? Well, the question was very specific. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Common path or actual travel distance? Allowable travel distance. Yeah, that might be wrong. AI. AI. What do we got? <laughs> okay, number four. In the context of a, a in the context of accessibility standards, what is the maximum required clear opening width for a doorway in a commercial building as per Americans with Disability Act? Is it A, twenty-eight inches? B, thirty inches? C, thirty-two inches? Or D, thirty-six inches? I think they did. Correct, correct answer is D, thirty-six inches. I agree. I th- I'm pretty sure they did in the 2017 updates. Yeah, uh, I think that's all we got. Okay, who is Ross? I think you guys are just e- you guys are just eating alone. Hawaii uh, place. Oh, yeah, perfect. Yep. There you go. Which is all good. Uh, I got to be in the field. I, is that what it's called? The place down by uh, Best Buy? Kiki something. No, it's something oh, it's like a fast food Hawaiian place. Mm-hmm. We we went there once before and it was something else, and they said it was like the best Thai place. Yeah. Anyways, that's it. If you enjoyed the show, please like. I don't think you can subscribe. Tell a friend. Sun Lance something. Buy his shoes. Yep. We'll see you next week. <laughs>